Hey everyone, Misaligned is back this week, and today we have on Scott Waldman, who does quite the plethora of things in the music industry, which seems to be a common theme among a lot of people in this group and everything. Scott, how are you doing today? I'm a hyphen. I'm doing great. (laughs) I'm doing awesome. I'm very honored to have this show on my agenda today, and thank you very much to Mike Kubios for setting this up. Yes, and I am very glad you pronounced his name because I probably would have butchered his last name. <laughs> Listen to my Waldman's Words episodes with him, and I learned how to do it pretty much on the air. It's Koo, like C-O-O, Yos, yeah. and I I pronounced it wrong. Fish, who um, records my show in Adobe, pronounced everyone pronounced it wrong. So we can call him Mike Morgenstern if you want, and it will <laughs> completely be wrong. Yes, I feel like because of how much of the stuff I do is on the internet now, it's just like, okay, I know all these people through the internet, but as soon as I have someone on a podcast or I'm talking about them on one of my episodes, I'm just like, I have absolutely no clue if I am butchering this or not. So I've, you know, had some corrections happen mid podcast and everything. You got Waldman right. I'm just letting you know you got that right. That's pretty phonetic, I guess. So. Thank you for that. And it's Chapman, right? I just want to make sure I get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, like cool. Chapman University, yep, like just the, just the usual Chapman, which I happen to also live off of Chapman. Life is very weird around here if your last name is Chapman. <laughs> because of Orange is the New Black or because of the fact that it sounds like Charlie Chaplin? I don't know. <laughs> All of the above. It's just one of those things where it's like, where my parents' house is, which is where I'm at at the moment, it's off of Chapman. And then where I went to Can high school- Can you give school, the disclaimer that you just gave me before this, or is that calling you out on the air? The disclaimer about your parents' house. If not, I will shut up. It was the, the best disclaimer I've gotten in a long time about construction <laughs> noise. Can you do that? Or did I, I completely I just call you out and now you hate me? If you guys hear anything, the bathroom <laughs> next to my room is being redone. So I, you know, my dad said he would take a break right now, take a lunch break. It's, you know, around 1130 here. So it'll be a little bit of an early lunch, but we'll see how this wreck goes. It so. records. Wreck it records. <laughs> just make lots of noise. Just wreck ah! everything in this house. Okay. <laughs> so I wanted to talk to you today, though, about how you got into the music industry. Was it something you sort of just fell into or was it something you sort of always knew you wanted to do? Because for me, I sort of decided like freshman year of high school that I wanted to do something in the music industry. And at first I thought I wanted to be like the next Randy Jackson until I interned at a recording studio and realized I did not have the patience for recording studios. So I went the business route in college at Drexel. Drexel, you know that my assistant goes there. My assistant, Emily Burke, who actually co-hosted my last episode. Shout out to Emily Burke. <laughs> and just so you know, my partner with producers, Ross Roby, went to Drexel too. So yes, yes. Philly's I know where it's at. You know Ross? Yeah. He's my partner. 50-50 yeah. on Rolling Artists. We manage producers together. That's actually the quote unquote most successful business venture that I'm a part of. So um, Nice. Shout out to Ross. Um, so your question is how did I get started in music? Yeah. Uh, well, I've been singing my whole life since I was in a crib. I started playing guitar in middle school and started a band called Eat My Pie, which was named after the sign at a pizza place, like right by my place with my buddy Alex Rubin. Shout out to Alex Rubin. And I've been in bands 
since I was 13 years old. So I'm 36. So it's literally almost, I mean, I'll give you the, it's 23 years of my life. I've been doing that. And I actually did it backwards because I was in bands. And then I said to myself, cause I guess I'm a, I'm a kid from Long Island, uh, middle-class kid, but you know, there's certain expectations. So I went to the university of Michigan actually and got an English degree. But while studying there, I taught guitar at a camp I went to. And I said, you know what? Life is too short. And I moved to LA in 2003 and joined a band and we signed a major label deal with Columbia. We were called the City Drive. Uh, quit that band actually a month before they got dropped. Not because I quit, but you know, things happen. Can I curse on this show? I don't know. You most definitely can. Shit happens. <laughs> so basically that happened. I worked at a law firm. I'm not a lawyer for five and a half years. And I quit the firm one month after I started a management company. So there we go. That's yeah. my story. Was that okay? I, I kind Absolutely. of... Absolutely. Uh, yay. <laughs> so with that, you have sort of been doing quite a few things here. You have, like you mentioned, Rolling Artists with Ross mm -hmm. Roby, and then yep. you also have Legend Recordings and yep. Evolve Music Management. So yep. just so I get the bigger picture here, Evolve Music Management, is that specifically for artists and then Rolling Artists is more on the producer side? What's the difference between those two? You, hit the, nail, you hit the nail on the head. Evolve is where my roster of artists that I manage so right now it's Boomtown Crooks on there, Film Speed. I actually have a rapper that I've yet to announce. And I manage Jess Coppins, who used to be in a band called Mirror Eyes, and that turned into Floods. And we're in the uh, planning stages right now on that. So that's through Evolve, but uh, Jess Coppins and the rapper aren't on there yet because we haven't debuted their project. So whoever's listening, um, you're on the inside right now. Now, rolling is where Ross Roby and I co-manage. I've never co-managed anyone before, but we co-manage a number of producers slash writers. So let's see. I'm going to go to the website as we speak right now, and I'll just read off of it because it's pretty <laughs> badass. Um, we've got David Dominguez, uh, who has worked with so many different bands, uh, including Weezer on Pinkerton. So fanboy Scott, from 1996 when Pinkerton came out is stoked. We've got Alex Arias, who I'm actually going out for drinks with tomorrow, but tomorrow won't be tomorrow when this airs. Tomorrow I think will be yesterday. Yes. So <laughs> time is weird. Uh, but Alex Arias has worked with the Mowgli's. We also have Kim Shattuck, who is the lead singer for a band called The Muffs. So the theme from Clueless, The Kids in America, that's her and her band. And it's actually the very first band I heard that was female fronted that had female screaming, which was awesome. And also we've got Curtis Douglas, who is in Arizona. He's the one of the four right now that is not um, LA based. And he's worked with so many different bands, including Sundrust. So those are the four that I guess are quote unquote official or not even quotes official. And then we have a whole bunch of others that are not publicized just yet, but Ross and I are very busy with that. Yeah. So are you based out in LA or where are you based out of right now? I live in LA. Okay. So that might explain a little bit more about the next question I have for you, which is how on earth you heard about film speed? Because I knew these guys back when no I was in home. like 
no middle school. Home. Yeah. And they were No One Goes Home. And I believe yep. one of their shows was actually like one of the first concerts I ever went to. It was in downtown. Wait, how old, are you? how old are you? 24. Oh, my God. You're a kid. Um, I'm 36. <laughs> uh, I heard of them because I was in a band called The City Drive. And they were hustlers, straight up hustlers with No One Goes yeah. Home. And I always, always liked Craig the singer. Like I always had a strong affinity. And to be honest with you, I wasn't really into no one goes home, but I was really into his hustle. And eventually they formed a band called film speed. And my band Lido beach actually was on the very first film speed show. And no one goes home and play with Lido beach. They actually played with the city drive right after I quit. So, and then we stayed in touch and another band I was in green light theory was direct support for Film Speed for their Heavy Decibel CD release show. So it, and that was actually the very first time my wife saw me perform, and she was my girlfriend at the time. So fun fact there. And shortly after I started the management company, I just wanted to work with people whose music I obviously loved and who I liked as people. So I had a talk with Craig on the phone, and then you know I fell in love with Nick. And now they have a new drummer named Oliver, and he's awesome. And I've been managing Film Speed for a little bit, and their new music, Deanna. Yeah. I'm just going to say it. If you think that they're cool now, just wait. Yeah, I saw on Instagram that they've been working on stuff and they keep teasing little bits here and there. So I'm definitely excited to check that out. It was you just no crazy idea. to me. You have because... no idea. You have no idea. It's, <laughs> yeah. so, it's so damn good. And it was just crazy to me when I saw them on your roster. I was like, wait, that film speed? Because some yep. of those dudes used to go to my school and like paint up the graffiti for my friend's mom who worked in the office at the school. <laughs> and I was well, just like, this is so weird. We've actually, I actually performed in Fullerton with them. Uh, we play, we were supposed to play at the alley um, and the alley got shut down for a week and Lido Beach played with Film Speed. Film Speed actually, believe it or not, opened. And it was at the alley, like right near there, there was a smoothie shop. And so I performed there with Film Speed and also Film Speed uh, play with Lido Beach. Or maybe, maybe, I know they opened for Lido Beach. No, no, sorry. At the Troubadour, we opened for them. I booked the show. And I think at the smoothie shop, they opened for us, which is kind of weird because they were Orange County based and we were LA based and yet we flip flopped. But they're amazing. They were called No One Goes Home at that time. And so now they're film speed and, you know, no one goes home is cool. They really were, they did their own thing, but film speed is where my heart is. Yeah. And that first show I went to when they were still, no one goes home. I'm pretty sure it was supposed to be at the alley and it was shut down and we just like went in the back door of some like little diner looking place. So I probably saw you. You probably saw me. You probably saw me. That is sort of crazy. I don't think I've ever had this happen to me on a podcast. Well, um, mind blown. At least it wasn't, you know, we went on a crappy Tinder date and now we're talking. So <laughs> it's all true. good. It's all good. And and that's good. So we're connected. Yeah. And, you know, when I saw that you were doing Rolling Artists with Ross, I was like, how do I not know this person? Because I have a lot of friends that I who I podcast with. And I would say... A majority of them I have never actually met. I just know them through various music industry things on the internet. And mm-hmm. <laughs> that's I just wrote just... on your Facebook wall. So it's really <laughs> official now. Yes, completely official. So it's just, you know, crazy to me when I sort of know I've been in the same area as some people and I just never crossed paths with them. But for you being in the LA area, 
I just want to talk to you about sort of starting your own companies and mm -hmm. running them there because right now, you know, as we mentioned, I'm at my parents' house and that's because I've been looking for a job, which I'm sure the listeners are extremely, extremely tired of hearing about. So I will just leave it at that. It's been I'm a while. sorry. It's it's not it's not a fun I don't what are you looking for a job in specifically? You know, I've been looking like social media, PR, marketing, that sort of thing. I even, you know, applied to APA recently and oh, it's cool. just like, you know. That's right by where I just was in Beverly Hills. We drove by it with my wife and I pointed at it and I said, this is this. And my wife is from Beverly Hills and she does not give a shit <laughs> about that stuff. It's awesome. She's not in music and it's very refreshing. So shout out to Kelly. You are the best and I love you. Yeah. And it's just one of those things where... I feel like right now, I the jobs that I'm applying to are probably more so hiring internally instead of going out and finding people because it's like, you know, when Amazon and Warner. They trust they yeah. Trust yeah. I mean, you are quote unquote random to them. So they want to do as much there. But I mean, if you want something and that's what I try to do. I don't know if you heard my show Waldman's words, but I really try. I stress like if you're a good person, you work hard, you have perseverance you know, you can get it. I sincerely mean that. And I think that you'll find something. I'm sure you will. And we could talk after the show and I can see if I could help too. Awesome. I definitely appreciate that. And as someone who works for himself now, mm -hmm. what did it take you to sort of get to that point where you could be like, okay, I can one, afford to live in LA and mm -hmm. two, you know, just do my own thing and not have to go to a nine to five necessarily? Well, I, di I went to an unconventional thing for like, because basically when the City Drive signed a deal and I moved to LA. My first job was in, I'll just give you a little history and cut me off because it'll correlate. <laughs> so I moved to LA. I, I was a casting assistant on The Office, the pilot, actually. That was my first job in LA. And then I um, worked on a few other pilots and other casting, and I realized that that wasn't for me. The City Drive signed a deal while I was working at the Getty Museum in events and PR. Okay. And I quit that job um, in July of 2005 so we can cut our record. And from July 2005 until November of 2009, I did not have another nine to five or clock in job or what have you. And then eventually I did. I worked at the law firm for five and a half years. And that was originally started around like 20 ish hours a week. And then it turned into 30. So it was like a part time job, but full time kind of. And I also did other lessons concurrently and played music. And what it took for me to leave that firm and start my own business was a combination of a very supportive girlfriend who is now my wife and me just kind of reaching my point of, you know, I do not have children right now and no one's pregnant, knock on wood. And I do not have any other financial responsibilities other than myself. And I've saved up a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit. And so I start a business. And it like managing artists has been great, but I haven't commissioned that much managing artists, nothing really to write home about. Um, my producers right now are what commission the most. So yeah, that, what it took was me uh, shitting and getting off the pot. That's it. Yeah. And to talk a little more about rolling artists specifically, since that seems to be one of the bigger focuses for you right now. Yeah. How did you end up 
meeting Ross? Was Ross out in LA for something and that's how you guys met up and decided to start this? Because I know Drexel did do a program where they would bring some students out to LA for internships and everything over the summer, which I have a whole long story about that, but it's, you know, a little different for me because I already lived here. <laughs> so it was a little bit of a mess. But otherwise, you know, it's definitely a good thing that they try to do. And I know their film students do it too. So did you meet Ross out in LA or were you elsewhere when you met? Um, I actually met Ross because an act that I managed was on tour with an act that he managed and a situation arose and we took care of it. And now he's my favorite. That's it. That's how I met him. I've only met Ross in person once. And we talk on the phone more than I talk to anyone on the phone, including my wife. So Ross is officially my favorite person in the music industry, <laughs> without question. And we have a lot in common and we have a lot not in common, but in common, what we have is a drive. And he, I think he's a great guy and a smart guy. And I'm so honored to have him in my life. Yeah. And I knew he was managing artists and everything, even while he was at Drexel, because I'm sure knowing Ross and some other people from Drexel, you're somewhat familiar with how they do things there. And they basically give you these classes that allow you to have hands-on experience with all sorts of different things. You know, I remember when we were booking a tour for the reign of Kindo and I was like calling venues in Chicago at like, you know, nine o'clock at night on the East coast, probably annoying them just to try and get, you know, something on hold for Chicago. And I think that experience at Drexel is when you sort of know what really sticks with you. And mm -hmm. it seemed like once Ross took those management classes and everything. It's like that stuck with him and that's what he is really good at. So it's awesome to see you guys have that sort of partnership where it's just like you met once and it was just like an instant. No, no. Trip. I mean, we, we met once on the phone and we were already managing someone. You're, you're right, but it's not a hundred percent right. And okay. that's not your fault. Um, no, we met in person after we decided to manage a producer together. We never even met in person okay. when we started doing that. So it was like the phone trust. So that's even better. Yeah. And I feel like that's something that's becoming more and more common because like I mentioned, most of the people I've done podcasts with, I have never met. I don't know if I will meet them anytime soon. Hopefully I do because that would be great, you know, because I really enjoy talking to a lot of the people that I talk to on my podcasts. And it's just sort of crazy how so much has changed with the music industry because I know people are always like, oh, network, network, network. And you don't necessarily need to do that in person anymore. You can, no. you know, like you and I are doing this podcast, never met. We probably could because I'm in Orange County and you're in LA. So that's a lot easier to, you know, maneuver there than, you know, here in Philly or here in pretty much anywhere else. I feel like even Northern California would be a chore to try and meet someone up there. <laughs> yeah, You know what? Honestly, I've met, I've gone on meetings in Orange County and it is a chore, but it's, you know, I, my theory is if you want to see someone, you'll make it happen. Right. So I actually went into Philly when I was in New York to meet Ross and to meet someone else who's actually now my client. Go figure. Yeah. And one of the things I noticed when I was in Philly too, it's like, it amazes people when you tell them like LA and Orange County are right by each other, but it takes forever and a day to get to either or. And 
over there, it's like, you know, I could take a bus from Philly to New York in three hours. And that's with stopping and changing drivers and all this stuff. And it's just sort of crazy to me that, you know, everything is so close there in comparison to here. I, it's like I'm a little jealous, but I also really like driving. So I kind of really do enjoy living here. <laughs> I do. T- I don't kind of. I really do. True, true. That's just me. I'm, a, I'm an English major, so I'm, I'm literally a poop. <laughs> Sorry. And, you know, I have noticed a lot more of my friends from Drexel moving out here and doing the job hunt out here and everything. And I think that's something that is great for me because then I don't feel like you know, hey, I went to school in Philly and here I am back in California and now I don't see anyone. So it's always nice that LA is sort of a place you always have people either visiting for business reasons or vacation or just straight up moving here. So it's a little easier to stay connected with a lot of these people. And, you know, my plan is to be back up in LA at some point whenever then Someone do it. hires me. <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean, I'm just telling you, um, don't wait. Just do it. I mean, yeah, you, you, yeah, you're right. When someone hires you, but I'm just, I'm just telling you, if you want to be here, come here. The biggest thing holding people back in general is themselves. And I'm not saying you're like holding yourself back, but if you want to go to LA, move to LA. If you want to move to New York, move to New York. I moved to LA with three grand, and I, you know, I still don't have too much money, but. <laughs> You know, I just freaking do it. And I was younger than you. Yeah. And I mean, I was up there. Well, I wasn't in LA, so to speak. I was in more of the valley because I was working in Woodland Hills previously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What valley represent? <laughs> the nice hot valley up there. Yeah, it's 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 scorching. And yeah. <laughs> my client Curtis Douglas is in the Phoenix area, so he's like, ha, Valley, shut up. And I'm like, You're right. Yeah, so I do want to ask you too what the difference is between managing artists and managing producers. Obviously, they function in different ways, but both still end up working together in sure. one way or another. So, what is it about producers that sort of makes them your primary focus right now? Well, my making them my primary focus is literally um, I'm married and I have a different financial responsibility than I've ever had. Right. And producers are more immediate money. A lot of people think that, you know, band managers make a killing. And if you're managing Katy Perry, you're making a killing. But yeah. <laughs> even if you're managing a main stage warp tour band, which is big, you still might not be making that much. So I haven't commissioned that, like I said, too much on artist management. I've done a, okay, um, definitely better than some and worse than most. But producers, we get regular commissions because it's about you know, right now you could be on the phone and say, I want to cut a record with Alex Arias. I'd be like, okay, he charges X amount and we could book it and you send us a half deposit. Boom. It's immediate money. It's not as, I'll be honest, it's not as exciting as finding a band, taking them from absolutely nothing and then getting them signed, which has happened for me before, but it's awesome. And producers are typically more level-headed then artists, they get it. Artists sometimes, you know, here's, here's my um, analogy for artist management that I came up with recently. So right now I'm wearing a bad religion t-shirt, right? Mm-hmm. So I walk into a meeting with a band that's four people and I go to one and one of them's like, Oh, cool. Bad religion shirt. And the other one's like, Oh my God, that's a great blink 182 shirt. 
And one of them is literally crapping in the corner. And then the other one is like, you're wearing a shirt. That's what band management is. Yeah. And I think the does that hard make thing. Sense? Does that yeah, make sense? Yeah, it does. And I think the hard thing with artist management too is you don't really ever know what is going to happen with your artist because, you know. With- you never know. If you claim to know, you don't. <laughs> I tell every single band that I work with before I work with them, I say, I don't guarantee anything but a hustle. Right. Nothing but a hustle. Any manager that guarantees record deal A or publishing deal B or tour C or whatever is full of crap and run. They can only do so much. It's about the artist. It's about their songs. It's about, you know, if some, some bands do get signed without a following. Some don't. It's hard, a lot harder to get a record deal without a following. But some fall through the cracks. You know, Pank of the Disco got signed before their first show. It happens. But for every Pank of the Disco, there's dozens and dozens and dozens to the exponential power of bands that have been grinding forever and don't have that. So it's a crapshoot, but if it's what you want to do, then do it. Again, nobody is stopping you but you. And I'm not saying you as in Deanna, I'm saying (laughs) in the figurative sense. Right. And that's something I also tell a lot of the artists that I work with, whether it's on my label or if I'm trying to get some Label (laughs) gave you a shout out. Label gave you a shout out. Yeah, wreck it records. Yeah, wreck it records. Label, I gave you a shout out. Anyway, that's my song. I just wrote it. You should put that out. It on is records. It'll it'll be on Bandcamp soon. Don't worry, oh, guys. Oh, I'm gonna download the shit out of that, but I won't donate anything. <laughs> and so for those bands that I work with and anyone that I've been doing freelance PR for when I can convince people to pay me to do freelance PR. It's for them. hard. It's it hard is. to get money in this industry and everyone wants stuff for free. And it's, 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 it's a shame because there's a lot of people that do great work that never get paid for it. And I'm just letting you know that like, I always want to work that out before anything happens. And for the record, I literally just Facebooked you, um, my two unsigned acts um, to, for your label as a submission. How do you like them apples? Nice. I will definitely be checking that out, but I hope so (laughs) for all the bands I work with. I tell them up front. I was like, I will email the crap out of your music (laughs) and you know, I can't guarantee anything though. I can just guarantee you that I will put in the time and effort. Like I plagiarized my brain, right? (laughs) I literally just said that. And that's all you can do is hustle product. And People can either appreciate that or say F off. And at the end of the day, if you work hard and you hustle and you can sleep soundly knowing that you're always putting the people that you manage or sign or whatever, I just started A&Ring and I haven't signed anyone yet. You put them first and you put their needs, you know, obviously, you know, some things might conflict, but if you're always looking out for their best interests, hopefully good things will happen. Hopefully. Yeah. And that's what I tell them. I'm just like, okay, I can tell you what sites I've had music posted on before, but I can't guarantee that I will necessarily get replies from all of these places again, because you can't. I'm sure as you know, too, when the music industry changes, you know, we've had a lot of changes in music journalism, too. It's not even about changes in journalism or changes in general. It's that you never know what someone else on the recipient end is going through. Right. They might see your email and they might have had the best day ever and listen to it and love it. They might have had the worst day ever and listen to it and love it. They might overlook it. There might be this, there might be that. All you can do is 
put it out there in the best way possible. You know, a pitch, there's a fine art to it. And one pitch to you, Deanna, might go better than a pitch to Billy Boo Boo or vice <laughs> right. versa. You really never know. So good luck. Yeah, exactly. And what I tell them too is like, I'm fairly new to doing freelance PR and everything. So I tell them that ahead of time. And I'm like, okay, I think my rates reflect that if you want to work a different, you know, pricing schedule out or something half up front, half when I'm done, you know, I'm very flexible with that, mostly because at this point, I'll just take whatever money people will give me. So it's one you of know those what? things. Uh, you shouldn't have said that on the air. But anyway, <laughs> but, um, you know, uh, just first of all, let me know what you think, like, because I have some artists that might need you for that. But um, we could talk about that another point. Don't undervalue yourself. I think that um, obviously you have this show. You're doing, you're killing it on the show. I haven't been bored at all. And you actually you. ask questions and listen. Thank you. You ask questions, you listen, and it's reciprocal, I hope. And no, I mean, I'm enjoying this. And if I wasn't enjoying it, due to a fault of my own, I'd probably tell you. So sorry about that. But I am. <laughs> yeah. And I just try to, you know, give every as much information to everyone up front, whether it's when I'm doing podcasts with them or when I'm doing label stuff or whatever it is I'm doing. And I think that's something that really does go a long way, especially in the music industry, because people want to know what they're getting up front. And I think that is something that makes them not necessarily more willing to pay, but I think it just makes them more trusting of you right off the bat. If there's no trust, nothing's going to get done. Trust and loyalty. It's like at the end of the day, when I manage an artist or a producer, I trust that they're going to kill it, their job. I don't go there when they're producing. Right. No way. Their shows, I'll go to as many as I can. But at the end of the day, they have to record. They have to be the one to track their parts. I mean, I actually have tracked guitar and vocals, not and backup vocals, sorry, and bass for Boomtown Crooks uh, when it was Zach James. I sent you that stuff. So at the end of the day, we, as in me and you, Deanna, can only do so much. It's about the product. Right. This is getting really philosophical. <laughs> and when Mike was setting this up for us, you know, he had asked me if I had any questions I wanted to send over or something. And I emailed him this morning. I was like, sorry, I totally do not send out questions for these guest That's episodes fine. because I try to just make it make more it of a organic. conversation. Yeah. And That's I don't... my exact quote. From, have you listened to my show in Walden's words? I have not yet, but I do what have plans hell, to do man? that. I am so sorry. <laughs> well, what I'll do is I will, in addition to sending you, I appreciate your honesty though. Um, <laughs> I downloaded Misaligned. How do you like them apples? Awesome. But uh, basically, I try to make as conversational as possible, as organic and Ray Rolden, whose episode is airing today, but today won't be today, told me, <laughs> and he's a publicist. For Britney Spears, he was a publicist, and like Yellow Card, massive people. Yeah. And he told me that it was awesome. It felt like a conversation. That was the best compliment I've gotten. So I try to make it that way. Yeah, I, I do have, a, I have an outline, uh, but sometimes I veer from it. So Yeah, and I typically, obviously, I ha have had questions for you, but I try to just sort of make them fit into the conversation. I don't just be like, okay, I have these 10 questions that I have to ask and I don't care if it makes it sound weird. Like I don't want it to sound like I'm interrogating someone or it's just like no, 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 a no, random no. You're, you're, interview. But you know what? Interrogate me now. Can you ask me those specific questions? Because I'm curious. Well, like I told Mike, I didn't actually bring up any specific things. 
No, no, like a question you would ask someone else. Okay. Or you know what? Or interrogate me on the spot. Pretend that like you just arrested me or something. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. I didn't do it, Ossifer. I didn't. <laughs> Are you sure about that? <laughs> um. Yes, I'm a hundred percent certain that I didn't do it, Ossifer. No, no. Ask me any. Ask me anything. I'm putting you on the spot. But then again, I hate that expression because right. technically a dialogue is putting someone on the spot. So it's like whatever. Yeah, I feel like every once in a while I'll do that when I just throw in something and I'm like, okay, tell me who your favorite local bands are, and then people. Do you want me to say that? Sure. Go, if you have some off the top of your head, go ahead. Yeah, my favorite local bands are Bloomtown Crooks and Film Speed. Nice. <laughs> Good choices. <laughs> What I heard up, that's what I heard just now. Like, did, am I crazy? That's what I heard. <laughs> Good choices there from you. Thank you. Oh, you have no idea. I could do an Elmo and my wife will hate it. You want me to do that? It's awesome. You know, I, I think I will pass. Oh, I'm boo. not a huge Elmo fan. <laughs> fine, fine, whatever. You don't listen to my radio show, yet you pass on my idea. I see how it is. I'm so sorry. It's okay, I Awesome. I hope well, you realize I'm silly. I hope I haven't offended you. Oh, you really, no, no, like, no, like I said, you can't, you, you can't control how other people perceive information, but I'm having fun on this show. Yes, I am as well. And I sort of just want to wrap this up a bit with okay. what your next plans are. Obviously, with the producer thing going well with Legend Recordings, are you working on stuff for that right now? Yeah. I'm I'm scouting bands right now. We haven't I haven't signed anyone personally, but when I know, the world will know. Awesome, yeah. And I know that you have your website that I will definitely link to all of this stuff in here. But you have Wald Management. It management yeah. is not Wald spelled out. MGMT.com, yeah. uh, and it has links to Evolve, which is Mike Zemer's company. Shout out to Mike Zemer. That's where my bands and acts are on. We've got. Rolling artist, which Ross Roby set up on his own, and now we we share responsibility with several producers, writers. There's also the Waldman's Words link that you will eventually be checking out. In fact, the second we get off the phone, you're going to download every single episode on iTunes right now. Absolutely. Um, Legend Recordings is uh, Chris Chris's label. Chris, I, I don't want to butcher his last name. It's Bianchi or Bianchi, but I love him, and he was actually he still is. Uh, well, he's also like me, a former artist turned manager, but he manages acts under his own company. And he also manages under us, uh, Mercenary, which is Zach Wilde and Black Veil Bride. So very big in the hard rock metal world. So that's legend. And I guess um, the Seattle's, I'm in a 90s two-piece cover band. So those are the five things that go on the WALDMGMT.com website. Awesome. Well, I think I will go ahead and have us wrap this up just because I know sure. you have a time frame and I want to give you, you know, a little extra time to yourself. <laughs> well, I appreciate that about you. I I will talk to you until I allotted an hour. So if you want to talk for 25 more minutes, I will. But honestly, if you want to cut it off, we can keep this short and sweet. Didn't have to cut me off. <laughs> you know, I think let me just ask you one more thing and then we sure. will go ahead and wrap this up. For you, what is the one thing that you really love about working in various different areas of the music industry? Because I'm never I've... bored. I'm never bored. Right. I'm never bored. <laughs> That's what I'll say right there. I am 100% never bored. And uh, you really never know what's going to happen when you wake up. You could have a plan 
to do X, Y, and Z, and you might not get to X, Y, and Z because something pressing happens. So it's definitely an industry not for the faint of heart. Exactly. And I hear not necessarily from music industry people, but just around the internet and things like that. It's probably more so from tech people, I would say, that they sort of tell you to focus on one thing that you really want to do and sort of just do that. And well, I didn't, I didn't venture to the label until I was, you know, making a substantial, well, not substantial. I was making a living with management. So I played in the Seattle's literally, uh, two times and then having for a while and just did a, like a sweet 15, like the equivalent of quinceanera. So, um, I did that and they'll like the, the radio show happened very fortuitously, but that's only one hour a week. So I didn't even think about the label until I was making a, a name for myself with management. So find one thing, destroy it, and then venture as opposed to have a million eggs in, different, in a million different baskets and be a jack of all trades, a master of none. So that's, that's my advice, but take it or leave it. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. Personally, I'm doing quite a few things right now, but a lot of them, like my label is just something I do when I have bands to help out. It's not something that I am putting all of my time into to, you know, try and make money off of it. Yeah. And, you know, we had a release in March and I don't have anything planned for the rest of the year. And that's something I'm sort of fine with because doing... Maybe you'll fall in love with something and then you'll work with it. Yeah. And doing something like freelance PR, it's like, that's something I can use for the label too. So I feel like with the music industry, it's a little harder to be like, okay, just focus on one thing because everything kind of works together in one way or another. So it's like, if you're doing PR, that could be used. Yeah. But you can. I mean, I mean, there's, there's pros and cons to everything. And yeah, you could you could be a hyphen. Like I I think that was the very first line yeah. that I said of this thing. You can be, but I recommend as your attorney to <laughs> nail one thing really, really well. And then if that works out, then venture into others. That's my hashtag free advice. Definitely. Well, I will have to see what I can do with that advice and hopefully make something work. I hope out you don't here. think my advice is condescending or anything. No, 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 not at all. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Scott, for coming on. This has definitely been a pleasure to talk to you. Me too. Me too is not the appropriate grammatical response, but <laughs> I have had a, a good time too. I can't wait to click retweet or promote or what have you. You have my Facebook now Yeah. and all my stuff. So um, anyone who's listening, you could find me on Twitter at Lido Beach, which is L-I-D-O-B-E-A-C-H. My my show is Waldman's Words, so that's the same Twitter. And on uh, Instagram, it's Scott Waldman is me, which is S-C-O-T-T-W-A-L-D-M-A-N, is me, like it's me. And um, Waldman's Words there too, so go ape shit. Awesome. And to our listeners, as always, thank you guys for listening, and we hope you enjoy the rest of your day.